Thanks for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get your podcast, including YouTube. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, or more importantly, Ole Miss every day. Hello, I'm Stephen Willis alongside Pratt Rogers for our weekly segment talking about Ole Miss recruiting and football. It should be a lot of fun. How are you doing, Pratt? I'm doing great. What's up, Stephen? Man, I, I'm just absolutely peachy. I mean, we had um, like a really big drop rainstorm where it sounded like it was like hailing softballs earlier today, but it was just turned out it was raindrops. That's how big the raindrops get down here. <laughs> well, you're quite the optimist to des- describe a rainstorm like that and then uh, previously <laughs> describe yourself as peachy. So uh, we had it pretty bad in Memphis over the last couple of days. A lot of people without power. Shelby County actually had a... Uh, state of emergency so maybe the same uh, same wind and rainstorm uh from from our part of the world yeah I, w- I would not be surprised at that at all so let's go i'm sure nobody wants to hear about our day so let's start talking about <laughs> Camarion franklin um who has announced that he will um i guess he's closer to a commitment date i think that's what's happening here um but I talked to Brian Smith, who is the lockdown recruiting analyst, who said that he has visits planned to Auburn and Miami. And um, I think on three, Zach Barry said that the Ole Miss staff is trying to get Camarion on campus before this weekend. Um, so obviously, Camarion is a very wanted person at this point. Yep. I saw the tweet. Um, you know, I, I always think it's interesting the way every individual goes about their individualized recruitment um you know players typically start out you know top 10 top 15 then whittle it down to top seven then whittle it down to top five well i don't think it's really a secret he's got three left in tennessee miami ole miss maybe throw auburn in there so you know potentially four but um all that to say um he did tweet out that his commitment is or commitment date is coming sooner. What that really entails is, to me is he's probably already got his mind made up, you know, 90% of the way and wants to go take another visit or two. Um, remind me when is juice best? If, if the coaches are trying Saturday. to get him in Saturday. So when you, I was about to say, when you said before this weekend, that's what I was, I was confirming and making well, sure. Yeah. They're trying to get him out alone because they don't want him to come to Juice Fest because Camarion Franklin is the guy they want every coach to follow him around. Yeah. Um, so he will not – do not be alarmed if he is not on a Juice Fest list. Um, but if they can get him in ahead of time, especially before the Auburn visit and the Miami visit, specifically the Miami visit, um, that would be a pretty big deal because I do think Miami is – Probably the team to beat right now is is the weirdest thing. I mean, you're, I think you're in Memphis, right? Yes, sir. So you're right in the right in his neck of the woods, and a kid that has grown up in that neck of the woods getting a chance to see South Beach, it, you can see why that would be a difficult thing to recruit against. I do, but you know, being in Memphis, I probably get a little bit of the. Uh, uh, Probably, I hear a lot more flack than I probably should from the Vol fans. Hmm. 
Um, if you were asking me, I would say Tennessee may lead for his recruitment. And, you know, I'm kind of surprised to hear you say Miami. Um, but regardless, I don't think it's Ole Miss right now. And you sit there and say this is, you know, turning out to be a stark difference between last year's recruiting cycle of uh, Sunter and Perkins and Aiden Williams, the one and two players respectively in the state. And, you know, we're looking up and Ole Miss may have a goose egg. I don't know. Not being a pessimist about it, but uh, there's a lot of A, Ole Miss is not going to have a goose egg because they already have the best defensive line class they've recruited since Parade Jerry and Greg Hardy and those guys. So no matter what happens, this recruiting class is not a bust. Uh, But I don't know because Tennessee thinks they're getting everybody. Heck, Miami thinks they're getting everybody. Brian said whenever he goes down there after he visits, he'll hit up um, the staff or whoever he talks to down there for information about what's going on, and he'll know what's going on. I don't trust Tennessee. For whatever reason, I do not trust Tennessee in this situation. Well, Stephen, you mentioned Tennessee and Miami think they're getting everybody. Ole Miss fans are the exact opposite, I feel like. I feel Mm -hmm. like it's a doomsday scenario. Expect the worst, hope for the best, or at least maybe that's but, um, huh. you know, all that to say, um, it's probably a different mindset between the three programs. Yeah, it's, it's the craziest thing. Um, and maybe it's just because, like, Nicobe Dean happened and Jeffrey Simmons happened and Cam Akers and there's a little PTSD involved. Um, but a you're, you're absolutely – Yeah, <laughs> you're exactly right. Ole Miss fans don't think they're getting anybody. Uh, it's the craziest thing. And, you know, you just have to see. No matter what happens, it looks like Cam Beavers is going to be at Juice Fest. Jeffrey Rush is going to be at Juice Fest. Maurice Davis is going to be at Juice Fest. William Eccles is going to be at Juice Fest. That defensive line group is all scheduled to be on campus. And the leader of this recruiting cycle is Jeffrey Rush. I do think that Ole Miss is probably going to come out of this with a commitment. I don't know who that's going to be. But the way they are timing this with Juice Fest coinciding with the opening of the man, the renovated Manning Center, I think the wild wow factor is going to get to probably a 2025 player. Wow. Well, look, there. Uh, do you have a, uh, a specific player in mind for that? No, n- no, no, no. I, I, ju- okay. I just, okay. yeah, I just think the emotion is going to get to him. I've been um, doing like – previews of 2025 players that are going to juice fest but they're from like out of state because anybody from texas that's going to juice fest that should be an attention grabber for everybody um so i have been talking about that but i don't think they're likely to commit i mean it might be something something like i'm just throwing out a name here i'm not saying anything's possible like a kalen deer or something like that that could pop um, so you're but, you're basically putting a trying to put a uh, price on the wow factor. Uh, and- well, I think there is a price on the wow factor, especially for somebody that's a junior that's new to recruiting. Gotcha. Before they realize what they realize what there is is all of these facilities and everything's going to be a wow factor, and that locker room is amazing looking, um, and all the things that they've have built and they've done up, it's going to be absolutely fantastic. And I think somebody's emotions are going to get the best of them. But like I tell everybody, when it comes to commitments, you can't just say, okay, this is over, 
because they're liable to commit and decommit three times between now and signing day. But I do think that they're going to get somebody. You sit there and sometimes feel bad for somebody like Lane Kiffin, who's uh, having to re-recruit his own players, fight through commitments and decommitments, and you know people who are committed going to other alternate visits. And then you remember he make how much money he makes a year, and I just it's hard for me to feel that bad for him, Stephen. Yeah, yeah, with his salary, it's yeah. I'm not, I'm not going to feel sorry for him at all. All right, let's do um, before we get out of here. Let's do some either or and over unders and things like that. Okay. All right, so it, which is more likely, okay? Aiden Williams, three and a half touchdowns. Suntarium Perkins, 0.5 defensive touchdowns. Ooh. Um, I think Aiden Williams, three and a half touchdowns. I could see, you know, I think he's going to play a big role this year. I really do. Um, but I could see one game kind of go in his way um you know maybe it's the uh mercer game or something like that and kind of get some you know a bubble screen or two to the house something you know uh, something like that uh that would really rack up the yards and you know touchdowns uh we're probably not going to be airing it out in the fourth quarter against mercer at least i hope not um but something like that i think would be attainable for the amount of playing time that I expect him to get this year. What about you? Um, I, I, I like that pick as well. I do I do like Suntarian in that situation um, okay. over a half of a defensive touchdown. I just think he's going to – he's always around the football, and if it's on the ground, if he picks it up, he's probably, he's probably the best athlete on that field, either team, um, until we play Alabama or Georgia. And, and I think he's just going to get one this year. All right. So we're going to do either or, all right? Michael Trigg or Caden Priestcorn, four and a half touchdowns. Or four touchdowns. So do I need to pick one of the two? To one have one of the, yeah, one or two or both or none. Four touchdowns, Michael wow. Trigg or Caden uh, Priestcorn. If that number had been three, I would actually say both. Um, I don't know why I feel that way. I think they could both. I mean, you got to remember, Trigg had three in one game last year um i think trig definitely hits four touchdowns this year um i'm gonna go under on pre-scorn i think he's gonna be kind of the middle of the field weapon you know 10 yards here five yards here kind of the burn and churn mentality could be wrong on that but i see that i could see them potentially utilizing him like that so i'll go uh, i'll go under on pre-scorn Okay, I'm I'm going to go both go over. All right. I think I think a lot of twelve personnel is an Ole Miss's future, and they're both going to be on the field a lot this year. So they're they're going to have the opportunity. All right, we're going to do some over unders now. All right, Quinshawn Judkins, thirteen hundred yards. Golly, that's just so much. I mean, that's just so much to ask out of Judkins. Um, think i gotta go under i mean i wouldn't be surprised if he easily had a thousand wouldn't be surprised if he had 1100 1200 i think asking or not asking but quasi expecting judkins did over 1300 yards is that's a lot steven i i, I go under all right kedrick riscano 450 yards that's a great question um, because I think he could really have a fantastic season 
uh, especially if Bentley, you know, doesn't heal up. I mean, as we know, he's banged up last year, all, all that. Um, I think 450 is a great number for him, actually. Um, if you're putting me on the spot, I'll go under, but I'd probably say push on something like that. I think that uh, I have high hopes for Riscano. Mm-hmm. I love I love Keiji Riscano. Um, I watched the Polynesian Bowl. Anytime a running back gets 100 yards in one of those all-star games, you, you need to pay attention to him because he's probably a dude. The last time that I remember that happened was Jerry and Ely, and we all – he was a pretty good old running back. Well, All right. also, you know, we we continue to say we, we're a little surprised Ole Miss hadn't recruited an additional running back. If we had a six-horse stable, I think that would be a little bit different for him. But right now, I think we really have a three-horse stable. And I think with that, that just lends itself to more carries for him. So, anyway, we'll see. But I've got high hopes. I, I think that next year's offense is going to look more like 2021 than 2022 as far as running back usage. It's going to look like Snoop Connor and Jerry Neely and Henry Parrish versus what we saw last year. Not complaining about those results. Yeah, yeah. So it, it should be pretty interesting. All right. Jackson Dart, 3,200 yards passing. I think I go over on that. I think Dart has a really good breakout season this year. I have very high hopes for Dart. Um, I think you know, as everybody talks about the second year with Kiffin. I mean, we saw Matt Carell, uh, you know, people were talking about benching him for John Rice Plumbly after the Arkansas game with six picks, you know, and look, look at him, look at him now to turn into what a second, second or third round draft pick, second round draft pick. Yeah. Everybody talks about the six pick game. Uh, but like three weeks after that was five picks. <laughs> Everybody forgets yeah. about that game. Yeah, uh, there's a lot of there's a lot of head case there for uh, Corral for a while, but man, what a great rebel! Really got it together. So I, I, mm-hmm. I go circled back to Dart. I go over with Dart for thirty two hundred. All right, going to the defensive side of the ball. Sacks, Cedric Johnson, seven and a half. I go under on that. Um, that's a lot of sacks. Um, I go under. All right. And before we get out of here, which defensive back will lead Ole Miss in turnovers and interceptions? If you're going interceptions, I think you got to go DeAndre Prince. I think that's the obvious choice. Um, I mean, he's just got the experience. He's been there, done that. Uh, I think I got to go DeAndre Prince. You? I'm going with John Saunders in that situation nice. just because, yeah, he's going to be back there playing center field. He's long, rangy, really quick. I think he has a chance to use his ball skills and be quite an effective player as well. Um, anyway, thanks for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get your podcast, including YouTube. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, more likely Ole Miss every day. Thank you, Pratt, so much for stopping by. We'll talk to you next week, bud.